Network Next Gen, the podcast, inspiring design industry hustlers. We have an amazing group of panelists. I want to introduce them really quickly. Let's have you each introduce yourselves. We first have Victoria Ingalls with Fireclay Tile. Do you want to introduce yourself and say a little bit about your background? Sure. Uh, I'm Victoria Ingalls. I'm the commercial sales director of Fireclay Tile. We're a U.S.-based tile manufacturer. We've got factories both in Central California and Washington State, and we're really proud to be a B Corp certified tile manufacturer, which means that we're focused on uh, accountability in both our social performance and our environmental performance. Um, I come from a environmental background in my family. Uh, I really love our protected wilderness spaces, and it's been a thread that's been woven through my career. Um, and I'm with Fireclay because of our sustainability story, and it gets to marry my love of the creative architecture world and my desire to sustain our natural environment. Amazing. Thanks for being here, Victoria. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Melissa Maynard, VP of Sustainability for Mohawk Group. Go ahead, Melissa. All right. So Melissa Maynard, and I am with Mohawk Industries, and we are the largest flooring manufacturer in the world. And a little bit about me, <laughs> I love it. A little bit about me, I I am a country girl. I grew up in Montana on a cattle ranch and just really love the outdoors, love nature. And so it's really important to me to ensure that we manufacture and preserve it for future generations. So really excited to be here and share Mohawk sustainability with you. Amazing. Thanks for being here. All right. And we've got Rebecca Best, VP of Sustainability for Material Bank. Rebecca? Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Tara. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> nice to share a panel with the two of you. Um, hi, everyone. So, yeah, I lead, I lead sustainability with Material Bank, both on a corporate level. Um, so leading us to sign the Climate Pledge, but then also all of our strategy um, and programs in market for both our brand partners um, and for the community at large. So for firms across the country. Uh, I'm definitely a city girl, love the country, <laughs> love the country, but I live and, uh, I'm here from Montreal. Um, you know, I'm probably one of three Canadian employees on the material bank side, but absolutely love the city. My background, actually, I started my career many years ago, um, in fashion marketing, um, and took off, went to Uganda, came back with a much more sustainable mindset. Didn't want to go back into corporate and dove into, um, this world of sustainability by starting a design build company, totally focused on material health and sustainability. Um, so for 20, 25 plus years, I've been in the design and construction, design and construction space, but really, really focused from a marketing and strategy perspective on that intersection between ROI and sustainability. Um, because I think as much as we all want to save the planet and do amazing things and create healthy materials, I think that we all recognize that unless that there is some kind of ROI for businesses, it really won't move ahead. So I'm really excited and super passionate about always finding that sweet spot um, between ROI and sustainability so that we can get a lot of the really large companies um, and small companies on board to really push this movement and make it a reality. I love that. That's great. All right. So let's just jump right in. I'm going to ask each of you the questions and then you can just give us your response. You can pass the mic if you'd like. We'll keep this very casual, you guys. This will be fun. Um, first question. What are some of the big challenges you feel in design that we're facing with sustainability right now? Obviously, there's a lot of sustainable challenges happening, but in the design industry, what are some of the big challenges you're facing? 
A follow-up to this will be at what your companies are doing to kind of um, work with those challenges. But first, just let's list out the challenges that you're facing with sustainability in the design world. All right. So one of the things that I think is just so challenging is information overload. And there's so many certifications, so much data out there. So it's just such a rapidly growing and changing space that when you ask what sustainability is to your customers, your clients, um, your colleagues, everyone has a little bit of a different answer and a different spin. And so I do think it's a really big challenge to understand what it is to you and how you're going to apply it to your products. And so I really just think that you know, understanding, yeah, it, it is the planet side, but it's really evolving on the social side as well. And so really having those conversations to understand what it means and learning about it, and it just continues to grow and develop. So I think the challenge is really keeping up with all of that and understanding where others are thinking about sustainability. Great. Anybody else? Um, so I'd, I'd echo that. I think that there's confusion because there are so many green certifications. And so what is like the underlying thing that connects all the certifications together? As a U.S.-based manufacturer, um, there's cost involved in having a, a conscious effort to be a more mindful manufacturer. It takes a lot of manpower. It takes a lot of data, information, and time. And so for small manufacturers that's like a role in a job. And so how do you get equity from large to small manufacturers in the sustainable space? Um, and like, how do you get the story out there? Um, and I think what we've heard from architects, designers, and brands is just like, what's real? Um, and what should they be paying attention to? That's great. Okay. Um, so not speaking from the product manufacturer side, but I think seeing what I see in the industry, um, one of the biggest challenges I think is the communication loop. Um, and I think that we've got, what I, what I do see is that we've got manufacturers like both of your companies that are investing a lot of money and time and resources into developing with a sustainable mindset with human health at the forefront. But I'm not certain that manufacturers are necessarily always having that communication loop that that's actually why your products are being specified. And so I think there's a lot of mixed messages in the market whereby you've got, and I think that we all know, there's some pretty serious offenders out there in the market from a product from a product perspective. And we know that some of those materials are rapidly growing categories. Um, and so I think that there's a little bit of mixed messaging that happens in the market whereby you've got these big pushes, you've got these, you know, this drive from firms to manufacturers to say that you have to have this data, you have to have this, you know, otherwise we're not going to spec you. But on the other hand, you have no idea why you've actually been spec'd. So I believe that there's a lot of work to do around building more of a communication loop. So designers actually communicate, did the product get spec'd and why was it specified? And so that you can actually go on and continue your sustainability efforts, knowing that that's actually the reason why you're growing in the marketplace. I love that. Like a return on the investment too. Like if the client uh, doesn't see the value in a sustainable product, then it'll get mixed up the project. You know, so how do you invest the client into that as well? That's great. I love that. Who actually has the final say? You know, in what's actually going to be specified in, in installed. You know, who has the final say in what's going to be specified is pretty clear. I think it's really who has the final say in what's actually going to be purchased, what manufacturers get in the purchase order, and what's going to be installed in the project. 
That's great. All right, cool. So the next question to follow that up is obviously there's challenges, right? Um, so how is your company facing or addressing these challenges head on? And I think what people really like to see and what we're hearing from next-gen dinners, from young designers, is how are you being forward thinking about those approaches? Um, and how are we avoiding kind of uh, greenwashing the subject and instead be really like addressing those challenges. So how is your each of your companies addressing the challenges? Yeah. So at Farkley, we like sustainability isn't just a catchphrase. It's part of our, our ethos and our values. So everybody from our production team, our innovation team, our sales reps up to our CEO, like think about sustainability on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis. And we challenge ourselves to work in a way that's progressive. So I mentioned we're certified B, which is we're certified by the nonprofit B that we're focused on sustainability and our environmental performance through accountability and transparency. But beyond that, we're doing a lot of things. So we're partnering with a third party um, to make sure that we have up-to-date HPDs and EPDs um, we're really looking to figure out where our emissions are coming from so that we can improve our manufacturing processes at our two factories. Um, we're one of the only U.S.-made tile manufacturers that's uh, offsetting all of our carbon, scope one, two, and three. Uh, we're certified climate neutral, and we're working to get to zero waste. Um, beyond that, we're paying a living wage in our factory, and we're also uh, really conscientious about our communities. Um, and so we're, we're really focused holistically on not just the environmental story, but our people in our communities that we're working in as well. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is we are also focused on a supplier code of conduct. So we're, so, we're sourcing more of our materials locally to try and uh, create efficiencies in, in uh, the products that we're making. Uh, and we're also asking the suppliers that we work with to to opt into the same high standards that we do for our people and for our communities. All right. So a lot of, of similarities with what you just mentioned. And I think really trying to keep the balance and that holistic view of sustainability being both the planet and also the people component, but ensuring that we have really strong governance within the organization so that it's integrated in all stages of product development. So really starting from the design side of the world and looking at how we make our products and how we can think about them differently. Um, that's really just kind of core to how we think about sustainability. But I would say our approach is one in which we're not going to solve all of the sustainability challenges ourselves. And so really looking outside of our company and finding other organizations, other companies that we can learn from, um, we don't have all of the solutions today. And so really committed to trying to work with other organizations to be able to get us better and really think about how we're doing things in a different light. And so a couple of examples that I would share is we did sign for Mohawk Group, we signed the Climate Pledge. And it's just really a great way to look at carbon and realize that we have to do our part. We have to lower as much of the emissions that we can ourselves. But until we find that solution to get to zero, um, we've actually expanded that to go beyond um, carbon neutral. 
and go 5%. So it's really our way of giving back to the community to say, you know, we don't have all of it today, but here's a way that we're giving back and going to do better there. But um, one of the really amazing organizations that we've worked with for over a year now, um, and this was part of a way to find um, inclusion in our design process. And if you haven't visited the Mohawk Group showroom today, I would highly recommend that. But that was partnering with Artlifting, which is a platform for housing insecure and disabled individuals. And really, it's our way of saying we want to include others in our process and find new ways to provide value. And so that was an, a, a way. It was something we hadn't done previously. So we had done you know, other social organizations and ways to give back. But this was a way to provide value and meaningful work to others that are not Mohawk employees. So it's really that partnership and finding new creative ways to partner outside of our company. And so there are other examples, but that was, was just a way I wanted to share in that we're trying to rethink the way we look at sustainability and going outside of our company, looking at new partnerships. Um, I know the Climate Pledge was one that we partnered um, and have really found some new ways to think about things. So those are just some examples of, we know we don't have all the solutions today. And so we have to learn and reach and challenge ourselves to get better. We did a podcast earlier on art lifting. It is so cool, you guys. So if you haven't looked at it, you really should check it out. It's a really good cause. So make sure you mark that down and check it out. So nice one. All right. Okay, Rebecca, what do you think? Um, so one of the challenges that I didn't speak about, but I think it touched a little bit upon, Victoria, what you had mentioned about the number of certifications. Um, a big challenge right now that I'll add, because this is the solution, um, is really around simplification and the lack of simplification around sustainability and human health and the whole specification world around that. Um, so Material Bank as a workflow tool, I would say probably the most impactful way that we're helping support the industry and solve some challenges um, is really for the design community, but then also for our brand partners. People come on to Material Bank. If you're not familiar with Material Bank, we're the largest, largest marketplace to be able to search and sample materials. So we have just about 500 brands, 100,000 plus architects and designers leveraging the platform. Like we literally send out thousands of sample packages daily um, in order to be able to help support our market and our entire community make easy, sustainable and, and human health decisions when they're specifying is really through filters. Um, and so as much as we can consistently evolve access to those filters, um, we have a carbon impact program that's free for the entire market. So any firm that wants to have a custom menu set up on Material Bank with a pre-selection of sustainability filters that meet their sustainable design goals, um, we're actually in the process of relooking at how our filters are communicated to work with something called the Common Materials Framework, um, which is some common language that spearheaded by Mindful Materials and probably about 30 different architecture firms to really speak about a common way of understanding all of these certifications and how they group together. So as much as we can understand what's happening and what are the as much as you can have an easy button around sustainable specifications, if we can help integrate that into the way that we know people are sampling on Material Bank, the better. Um, and then as we as we look even further into that, I mean, obviously, we have our corporate initiatives, signing the climate pledge, offsetting all of our operational carbon, um, operational electricity um, through renewable energy credits and just consistently moving forward on our on our operational side. Um, but I think that for us, kind of our, our next steps are going to be um, we have kind of this greatest unknown tool, which is a complete finishing schedule download 
we're working closely with different firms, HOK and, se and several other firms to look at what is that entire finishing schedule download and what are all the sustainability attributes that designers right now are struggling to complete every time they specify materials. If we can help fulfill that process, we already have all this amazing information on Material Bank from our brand partners. If we can figure out a way to have an easy button, literally, that can download all of that every time you search and sample on Material Bank. Um, to me, those are the critical pieces that we're looking at as to, you know, Material Bank is all about fast, efficient access. Um, so if we can consistently bring sustainability um, into that fast and fast and efficiently for the design community, um, I, I hope that that's kind of the best that we can continue doing and evolving on that side of things. That's great. Um, so we have designers here. We also have a huge network of designers that will be seeing this content later. So what I'd love to do is ask you, how do you think designers can help in this mission? Um, what we hear at our dinners again a lot is about the greenwashing and about finding information that's accurate and real. But as a designer, what do you think a designer's responsibility is? How can they help in this mission? Um, you know, manufacturers are working so hard, uh, but how can designers contribute to that? So, Becca, I don't know if you want to start and we'll go this way. Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say, you know, when we talk about greenwashing, I think that if we go back to authenticity and transparency, I think they really go hand in hand. Um, I think that every manufacturer that has invested in transparency documentation, I think we'll say that, you know, just ask for a third party, a third party verified certification declaration. I think that that's one sure way um, to absolutely get around greenwashing. Um, and so I think that you've got a lot of manufacturers that have that data. I think the biggest thing that we can do is consistently as designers push for more of that data. When you're speaking to a manufacturer that doesn't yet have an EPD, it's impossible to understand what the environmental footprint of a material is without going through the process of an environmental product declaration. The trouble, which acknowledge, you know, I think we can all acknowledge is that sometimes it's cost prohibitive and it does widen the gap between small for small brands and large brands. Um, you know, but I think that there's room to potentially even, you know, reach out and work with clients. A client wants a product, but the product doesn't yet have an EPD. Well, maybe there's some collaboration that can happen there. Right. But I think that, you know, just to, to be willing to push the, to push the envelope with your clients also, because often if things are valued engineered out because of budget, then it's it's going back to did you really get sustainability buy-in from the owner? So from to really end. put pressure, I think, on the, like from as a designer to feel like you really need to engage your owner, you need to engage and ask questions in the market. Um, right. I, I think those are two big responsibilities that designers have right now. And then also just be true to your word. Really, like if you're actually looking to specify and you're speaking to a brand about that's the reason why there would be a differentiator, follow through on that and make sure that that is actually why you're making that product selection for your final choice. I love that. That's great. Melissa, anything you'd want designers to do or have so all of what Rebecca said and no, <laughs> <laughs> um, she, you're right. Transparency is key. And I would say to not be afraid to have the conversation because the, the benefit of talking about sustainability is that you learn what's important to others and you can also share and be able to talk about it at a deeper level. And I really truly believe that that is how we will get better is by having those conversations, learning about the different attributes of sustainability. And when I say that, I think sometimes we might really be tunnel visioned and be able to focus on one specific thing. So my challenge would be to think holistic, 
think about the environmental side, um, and there's so many different areas there. You have obviously the carbon discussion is so, so important, but we also have water. We have biodiversity. There's other things that we need to talk about on the environmental side. But I think the social component of the products and how those products are impacting communities, how they are touching lives and how they can benefit society is something that is is as important to consider. So really starting to understand broad spectrum sustainability and understanding what each of the products are. And don't be afraid to ask the question and also have those conversations with a very open mind so that we can learn from each other. That's great. I love that. Hey, Victoria? Yeah. I Words know. for designers. You can be tough. <laughs> there, They can take it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a lot of wisdom here, so not much to add other than just a, like a, a goal to start with alignment with your clients so that when uh, any pivoting or decisions need to be changed, like anyone has the authority to do that. And, and also... Um, as a, uh, you know, a domestic manufacturer who has grown quite a bit in the last five years, um, to ask the questions because, uh, to echo what Rebecca said, we like a manufacturer may not have that third party verification, but very likely they can tell you where they do align with any of the specifications and can, and, and really keep you up to date and educated on that. Uh, so you don't have to stick to an old, you know, like a set. Uh, product line that you're used to using. So like stay open-minded and stay curious that um, there are a lot of small manufacturers domestically doing really good work and working really hard and trying to get over that line of having that third-party verification. Um, so yeah, I love that. All right, guys. Well, before we do final thoughts, I've always, I just heard a seminar where they said, don't end on questions. So I'm going to ask you, does anyone have questions now? And then we're going to do final thoughts. Anyone, any sustainability questions? Anyone? 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 Yeah. Uh, specifically, like, how does Material Bank think about sustainability, like, specifically insofar as we're flying airplanes kind of all over the place? And, like, that seems like a tough thing to offset just with, you know, smaller initiatives in the warehouse or yeah. that type of thing. Can you speak about that a little bit? Of course, I'd love to. So, so number one, so we offer two, two forms of shipping. So one is overnight flight. The other is ground. So um, this is, um, I think, so what we do is we ship. However it gets there is ultimately the choice of the designer. Um, so we recognize that designers from day one, and I, I joined the company July 2020. The company launched January 2019. Um, we're all creatures of habit. So I think that when we think about flight and when we think about sample distribution via material bank, I think that a lot of designers have become accustomed to overnight sampling when, quite frankly, I don't think that it's necessary. I think that probably it's very rare that designers actually desperately need the item overnight. And the difference between flight transportation and ground transportation is huge. Um, but it's absolutely available to every single designer when they're shipping, when they're shipping samples. So I think that that's one thing that, you know, sometimes people will say to me, they'll be like, Oh, but there's so many samples for me to choose from. It's wasteful because I order so much. And, and I, I really do want to challenge the industry and say, but we're all autonomous individuals that really have to take responsibility for our actions. And if we didn't offer ground shipping, I would say 100%, like absolutely di dissect our entire story. But when ground is available to everybody, um, I, I'm never going to claim that air is, is a great way to travel 
But I think that we also do live and we're supporting a community where efficiency, last minute work is really critical. And unfortunately, that often trumps sustainability. So I think that, you know, I don't ever want to fault a designer for ordering samples and getting them the next day because they absolutely need them from a, for, a, for a project. But I would also say, please, you know, like think about what you're ordering, add more samples to your individual cart. If you don't need it next day and you can wait a few days, you can wait max a week take the ground option so that you ultimately then control the actual shipping method. Um, and when you're talking about aggregating samples, the emissions from packaging um, that you save on aggregating everything together is one of the most incredible ways to leverage. And really that's the magic of Material Bank. So if you benefit from that magic of aggregating samples on top of ground shipping, I mean, then, you know, kind of the stars are aligned. So I would say as much as we can for everyone here, whether you're a brand partner or a designer to spread the word that it doesn't have to be overnight. And, and I, I respect from a business perspective, because we know that so many designers work on tight deadlines and a lot aren't thinking about sustainability. So they love the idea that Material Bank is overnight. So I would challenge everyone here, share, you know, kind of challenge your colleagues to say, hey, did you did you go and check ground? Um, so that, that's what I would say. So, so regardless how it gets to you, um, we offset hundred percent of the shipping from our warehouse to last mile, but I'm pleased like, you know, bring it on. Any other questions? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I awesome. love this. I love that. <laughs> Any other questions? So I love asking people who are passionate about sustainability, like what you do personally, um, like gadget, like some ritual that you have, just like some personal thing around sustainability. I would love like. That's cool. I like that. And then, and then secondly, like, where, where do you go for inspiration in this area? Um, whether it's like websites, um, magazines. Who wants to get personal? Let's go. I'll get personal. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Eric. Uh, so my, uh, I, I find like secondhand fashion interesting to, to really move away from, from fast fashion. So looking at uh, local stores makers or anyone who sources local makers and then secondhand clothing. I know you're a big fan too. I'm a big fan of the Goodwill. Uh, big uh, fan. <laughs> um, uh, locally, I am based in Chicago. And so, so there's a great store up in Lincoln Square that's called Flamingos that does you, it, it, uh, you can take, bring your own container for all your personal or house good, house good, like, uh, fluids or like, cleaning and lotions and things like that. So it's a really great, a great spot locally to look into for Very cool. So this is one where I would say I absolutely don't do everything perfect, but I love listening to other things that people are doing to help myself get better. Um, I know Rebecca and I were in DC just a couple weeks ago and she's like, let's take the the bikes. And I was like, I am a horrible bike rider. <laughs> You're like, oh, and I'm no. like riding a bike in traffic. Are we going to do this? And she said, we're going to do this. And we did it. And, um, so those, that's just an example of that's not something that I would have done without her. And so I think it's really having the friendships, the, ideas from other people to challenge me to get better. Um, I recently traveled with someone on my team and I said, where is your luggage? And she said, I pack the absolute minimum. It's just in my backpack. And so I had to take a minute wow. and say, okay, I have got to do better about how I pack for a trip. 
And so I have really made it a goal to do less. And so sometimes that means, oh, I am going to have to rewear these pairs of you know pants type yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it's challenging myself to think of a little bit differently and some new ideas. And I would say I love the energy of the young uh, people that I have on my team, fresh out of college, my own children. They challenge me daily, mom, why are we doing that? And I'm like, you're right. We need to, we need to think about it a little bit differently. So I would just say really asking others. I love your conversation because hopefully it's spurring some new ideas around the room, but, um, just giving it a chance. And a lot of times you learn something and you're like, I can do this. So kind of thinking about it a little bit differently. So building on the bike side of things, <laughs> I was going to say the bike yeah. thing really scares me personally, yeah. but so, <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, I mean, as much as I said, I'm a total city girl. I'm a big city girl because I love the idea of really not using a car a ton. Yeah. So I do have an electric car. Um, but outside of that, you know, my kids and I've got a 15 and an 18 year old and I'm always like, and where are we biking today? And we're going to go walk to the grocery store. And so just, you know, it was hilarious because it was Melissa and three other people and they were all like, what? We're in DC, we're going to bike. I'm like, don't you do this when you travel? So I really try to use, I mean, this is just my own personal. It's kind of like exercise, fresh air, and then also not emissions. So that's just, I really just try to limit my, um, my transportation, transportation use, especially when I'm in city and it becomes yeah. a really nice way to get around. So that's a little bit of a personal passion of mine. Yeah, and I awesome. would say just from an inspiration perspective, um, I feel like, I mean, I really, I travel a ton and I work with so many different people in all facets of the, facets of the design and construction industry and even outside of the industry to really understand kind of what's going on. And I feel like that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration is just understanding kind of not just in our bubble and our industry, what's going on, but what's going on just in the world around us. And, um, you know, if there's a crisis, there's probably some kind of opportunity for us to learn from. So that's a little bit, I'm a bit of a sponge for that stuff. That's great. I love that. Okay. Any other questions? Then we're going to do final thoughts. Kevin, do you have anything? Okay. <laughs> just like incorporate, you know. Yeah. I have a little bit of a pet peeve. Ooh, okay. Okay, pet peeve. Like, I'm looking around here and I see Andrew, I see Jennifer. Like, I'm sure there's people that have really great knowledge and intel we could share. And I feel like often when we do panels, it's all about us. And so even if you guys don't want to ask a question, I would love, like, if we can, you know, Andrew, I'm sure you've got some great stuff to share. Um, oh, so Rebecca would like to put everyone on the spot. I love that. So can you share a thought with us about anything somewhere somehow? Andrew, you have been selected. Would you like to share? Come on, here. Do you want to come on up here, Andrew? You want to sit here? You good? Come on up. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, select people. I like it. <laughs> would you like to share a thought? Um, well, I mean, uh, I love the panel, a lot of great thoughts. Um, um, I guess uh, for me, I mean, we, we had a panel actually uh, earlier, we, we were, um, had a panel with um, Mindful Materials. So this morning we had one, and for them it's all about, oh yes, sorry, my name is Andrew Dent. Uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm an EVP of Material Research at Michelle Connection and also a Chief Material Scientist at Michelle Bank. Uh, background in, in materials, so I, I love those. But we also work with all sorts of different industries. So we see parallels and the concerns that you have in every other industry that we work with, whether it's automotive, whether it's fashion, whether it's packaging, same sorts of challenges. The advantage you have is that I think, uh, based upon the knowledge we have here, you are a lot further on and you're able to gather information much more effectively than any, any other industry. 
when you go to Pakistan conferences, when you go to fashion, it's terrible. Um, just like there are so many other industries, they have, they have nothing like the information that you have. So we talk about EPDs and HPDs. It's out there for you. It's accessible. Um, so shame on you if you don't use it, because many other industries are trying to do what you do, but are unable to because they simply do not have the information at their fingertips. So uh, you've, you've been given it, the, the suppliers are providing it, use it. Uh, so I think, yeah, and, and make sure there's, a, there's an understanding. So understanding between you and the manufacturer, they, they're desperate to, to provide this information. They spent a lot of money getting it. They would love for you to understand and therefore and, and use that effectively in the conversations you have with your clients. So use the tools you have, use, use the information out there because you are blessed with the amount of information that you have. Great, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for uh, rolling with that. That was nice. <laughs> you did that very well. <laughs> All right, cool. So we're going to just wrap this up. I want to respect everyone's time. But if you have one final thought that you'd like to leave everyone with in terms of sustainability, it can be anything. I like ending a panel that way because it really can be anything you want to leave the, the room with. So. Um, sure. So I guess I would just leave it with I really do want to hear from our customers, um, our community, and really spread this collective journey where it's in all of our best interests to make better choices than we did previously. And how we're going to do that is by having the conversations and learning from each other and challenging ourselves to do new things and things that we haven't tried before. They may not all be absolute successes, but learning from what worked and what didn't work is going to help us get better. And so really that premise of we truly are better together, I believe that. And I also am very optimistic about our future. We have a lot of very smart people um, in this room, outside of this room, and we can solve it, but we have to take that action and make real change. Yeah, I would I would just piggyback with that that by saying um like it's like the time is now, you know, like we can all we were all experiencing it that climate change is real and it's impacting us and our families and our children and our loved ones and so I think there can be a lot of movement driven by specifications from architects and designers. Uh manufacturers are responding and we're listening and if you make very uh, impressive changes by what you specify and what you ask for, uh, the manufacturing world will follow suit. Uh, so you can use that responsibility like for the better, for the better of good. And, and you should be. That's great. Yeah, I would just say lean into every possible resource you have. Um, lean into your brand partners, lean, lean into your local sales reps. They're an incredible wealth of knowledge. You know, all of you network next geners, like lean into Tara and your community there, lean into your fellow designers. Cause I, I, you know, we often, I'll often meet with an entire firm and we do a workshop and, you know, people within the same firm sitting on the same floor don't even know sustainability initiatives that their colleagues have taken on a project that they just completed or that they're in the middle of, of working on. So I think there's not enough collaboration. And I think that there could be so much more. And I think really we're only going to go you know, faster, further together. Um, and so just don't be afraid to ask questions all the time. And even if it's just wondering like, hey, what product did you use? You know, kind of what are you doing here? Have you heard of this group? Um, and just take a moment to get out of your bubble 
um, and not just be so siloed, but recognize that, you know, probably everywhere you look, everywhere in your office, every colleague you have probably has more information than you might have had. Um, so just lean into the, those resources that are all around you. I love that. Awesome. Well, I'd love us all to thank our amazing panel. They killed it, crushed it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, obviously, this is a super important topic. So I think the more knowledge and the more we talk about it, the better. And then the change in action can follow. So thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it.